0: The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. I am happy to be here today as we're heading into Thanksgiving week. I might have appeared to have done things a little bit backwards in this two-part, two-week talks that I've done because last week I talked about gratefulness, which is a, a double meaning for a title because I wanted to launch a conversation about gratitude and being grateful and the power of that, as well as really explore uh, fulfillment and that ability to feel fulfilled and feel the great fullness of life, and so, in that talk last week, I I talked about an image of a, a fountain that was that fills itself up within us all the time, and that about our work being to to see beyond what's going on in the world so that we can sense that fullness filling us up at all times. And today, I am inviting us into a conversation about light and calling this the, lumino- the luminosity of the holidays, the lu- luminous holidays, and being into exploring the light in our lives and the natural light that is flowing through all of creation and flowing through us. And it has a bit of a double meaning. It's about the, the luminosity that comes through, I think, spiritual discernment, spiritual awakening, the luminosity that shows up in our lives when we wake up and really see the truth about this beautiful universe. It also has to do with the light that is here at this time of year, the opportunity to deepen into the light through our holiday experience. I know that in The world of speakers, it's often nowadays considered bad form to define the word you're talking about, but I just couldn't help myself. I wanted to be sure I was getting it right. I mean, I have this relationship with the word luminous, and I, I've been for weeks now luminous in really being with it. And so I thought, I better look it up, make sure I know what it means. And so what I found out uh, in the dictionary, and, and there are lots of definitions, but they all sort of come together with the sense of full of or shedding light, bright or shining, especially in the dark. And the divine energy that we believe in this teaching to be the source that is everywhere present, shining brightly, no matter how dark it might appear to be, that's the luminosity that I'm inviting us to consider today and to explore and to claim for ourselves during this holiday season. Last week, I talked about the illusion of emptiness. Because all the while, we may have experiences and and have this sense in the human experience of life and in our relationships or in our daily life, a sense of not feeling fulfilled all the while below the surface. The truth is that we're always being fulfilled through this divine energy. And so our experience of emptiness feels very real to us. And at the same time, it's an illusion in, in the sense that it's not the truth of us. And I would say the same today about luminosity, the luminous energy that we are. And so the illusion of darkness is important for us to pay attention to, the illusion of darkness. We, as human beings, whether it's the holiday season or not, sometimes might find ourselves to be caught up in, to be, to be very tempted to focus in upon it's a dark time in our world it's dark days ahead all sorts of dramatic darkness that's going on and and we may be seeing things in our own personal lives today some of us might be sitting here in this space feeling very disconnected and feeling a sense of of uh, sadness i would i would equate that feeling of darkness to sadness and even depression or frustration or Uh, lack of connection, not able to see the light of people or things or our own life. And feeling the sense of darkness that, that we see going on in conditions as people are not always as kind to each other as we would like. And and uh, feeling the, the darkness of polarity that occurs as people can't seem to get along or be respectful of each other, the suffering that goes on in the world. And while our teaching is not about denying any of that, what our work is about all the time is to find a way and a place for the world events and for our own life where we can see and have compassion and see the truth of that terrain of living while all the while continuing to persistently engage in the light, to engage in the light and the truth of who we are. And this time of year can exacerbate some of that proclivity that we may be experiencing because a couple of things happen. It's the darkest time of the year in terms of daylight in this hemisphere. In this part of the world, the, the times that we're experiencing daylight are growing shorter as we come up to the winter solstice in December, and so the light of our days is growing smaller and smaller, which can, can make us feel that sense of heaviness and disconnect. It can cause us to even feel that sense of darkness. I found it interesting, 10 years ago around this time, I was getting ready to head to Australia, and when I got to Australia, in that hemisphere, it's the opposite, completely opposite. It's warm and people are running around in their shorts and bathing suits and then there's Christmas trees everywhere. It was very, very off-putting for this Colorado girl and the, and the living here in this part of the world. But th- there can be this kind of interesting ominous feeling and I find it fascinating that, that all of these holidays have ended up at this time of the year from Thanksgiving all the way to the end of the year, especially in December, and the holidays that many of us celebrate that are connected to light. So we honor the winter solstice as a time of moving through the transition of seasons and knowing that as we pass through that day, the very next day, there begins to dawn more on our planet from the sun's energy, more light on the planet. At the same time, Hanukkah falls in this time of year usually, and and what happens in the the celebration of Hanukkah is that it is the celebration and honoring of a miracle that occurred as a Jewish temple was destroyed, and this there was enough oil to keep the light, the flame, the holy flame in the temple burning for eight days, when all the while, from the human standpoint, there didn't appear to be that much oil available. And so the lights are lit for eight days of Hanukkah, the festival of lights, to honor the miracle of that light. And then, of course, Christmas that has celebrated and honored the birth of one whom we feel was a great light bearer onto our planet, a great way shower, a being who, who, as he grew and stepped out into his ministry, appeared to, by all accounts, have the full memory and awareness of his own inner light and went about the countryside and his world teaching people and healing people and inspiring people, and even in his death, was a way shower of light and so we celebrate and honor his birth as a way to acknowledge that he told us that we were the light and that the kingdom of heaven is at hand it is right here within us and that the good that he did that we could do too and even greater if we would but let ourselves feel and sense the same light that he lived his life with so we celebrate Christmas as a way of acknowledging the birth and the rebirth and the reality that we as humans have to constantly be mindful of rebirthing that light within us. That that is the Christ light. It wasn't that it's Jesus Christ, as people say, Christ was not his last name. Christ was his way of being in the world and that we too can be that shining light. And of course, we celebrate and acknowledge St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, the giver who who gave gifts to little children and did beautiful work in the world to support children, and then those traditions have continued on, and we give gift-giving to people who inspire us and who we see as the light and who are in our lives And all of this and Kwanzaa at the end of the year, the light and celebration of a whole culture of beings bringing light to our planet. We have an abundance of possibility of honoring the light. And yet there comes with it then that other side too, like it's a charge time of year family, family, Uh, that's all I have to say is family, obligation, temptation to do too much, to eat too much, to drink too much, to spend too much, to be exhausted and, and feel as though everything's going too fast and people are starting, I already hear people complaining about they're putting out Christmas lights too fast. But I know that part of that impulse is that we yearn for the light we crave the light and so those of us who crave their light are like can I put my Christmas tree up in August please please I need more light more light we yearn for it and so the illusion of darkness is that while all this light is available and we may feel a disconnect or a a sense of I don't know how to be with this time I don't know how to claim the the light for myself, how do I continue to shine my light and be luminous during this time of year or any time of year? I find it fascinating that most of us, if we're asked, what works for you? What helps you shine? What makes you feel energized? What makes you feel good? In all those areas I just mentioned and so many more, we totally know what works for us. We know that we need rest and we know how to say no and we know that we'd rather spend time here than there. We know all that. But the, the dissonance between what we know works for us and what we actually do, that's what I'm talking about today. What is that dissonance? And how do I shine the light on that dissonance for myself so that I can walk forward and be that light? Shine that light. So part of the illusion of darkness I think begins to break down when we realize the truth about light in our our physical universe. That truth speaks to me in a very deep, profound way. It's that if we turned out every light in this room right now and sat here together in the darkness, the truth is that while it appears to be dark, there is a spectrum of light that is not available to the human eye. There's still light in the room. We just can't see it. And to me, that is a powerful spiritual truth because what I can say about you and me, our lives and our world, is that that's the same truth for us. No matter how dark it appears to be, the ability to have the spiritual discernment to see the light to have faith that the light is still there is a part of what we're after today. This is a part of what helps us to begin to own claim and literally fire up our own sense of luminosity. No matter what's happened to you or to me in our lives, there's a light that's burning within us. I kept seeing it as a a fire, a, a burning flame within us. And then it was accompanied by one of those songs that won't get out of your head, that is sort of a blessing and a curse that Dr. Barry wrote. All week long, I was like, thanks, Barry that song about there's a fire within me and it's deep down in my soul and it's warming me and it's warming me and it just keeps playing itself in my head. I can't stop it, but it's a very good earworm to remind us of the truth. And so no matter how dark it has been in my life, how dark it seems to get, how dark my perception believes it is out there or in my world, there is a light within each one of us A flame of life that just like the spectrum of light, we maybe can't always see with the human eye, but when we begin to understand and experience it and begin to have greater faith in it, it becomes our truth. Nothing can ever extinguish that light. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through right this moment, it may feel to us at times as though that light is indiscernible, but all the while it's burning brightly for every one of us. And part of the secret of life is learning how to feed that fire so that it continues to burn brightly and continues to grow in our lives. And the benefit of that is that we are happier, more fulfilled, more connected, And we are clearer about our own lives when our light is burning brighter. We have to take care of that flame. We have to tend to it. We have to allow it to burn bright in order to go out into the world and interact with people and make the decisions we have to make and choose the things we have to choose for our greater living. And as we do that, we inspire and uplift the world. We become luminous for ourselves and everyone we share our life with. And I think that's what we want most. That's what we crave is to shine and to feel the energy of that shine and to be luminous. There's a beautiful quote that I love that's powerful to share today from Edith Wharton, who said, there are only two ways of spreading light, to be the candle or the mirror that reflects it. And I think we are happiest and most fulfilled in our life when we are being the candle and knowing that we're also being the mirror that reflects it. And at the holidays, some of the dissonance that occurs is that it gets harder for some of us. It gets harder because it feels like such a time. It gets harder to figure that out. And so during this time, it becomes a little more crucial for us to be willing to say, how do I feed and nurture that light within me? And I, as I saw that flame and kept getting that image of that flame burning brightly, I also recognized that what fans a flame or allows a flame to burn brighter is that you place things on it that will allow it to, to, to continue to burn, like a log or a branch or something that can allow the fire to get stronger. So today what I'd like to offer is to say to us, being luminous for the holidays will require us to continue to feed the fire within us with some specific logs of awareness, if you will, so that we can continue to shine and feel the energy and claim whatever holiday or holidays speak to us and the energy that's available to us through this season. So the first log that I think we have to fan that flame with is integrity. To me, integrity is all about wholeness. It's about that which I do to serve my whole self. It's about boundaries at times, which can be difficult. In these times when we are feeling pulled to be in many different places, it's about doing that which I say I will do to nurture myself only showing up where I say I'm going to show up, having the integrity to say no about something that doesn't feel right for me and for my energy. It's being integrous with my own self and stepping fully into that which I know serves me. That's why even before I was a minister here, I came to so many things at Mile High Church because this place serves me so well, inspires me so much. Here's the truth. I love my family and I love you all. This is my family of choice and it has been since 1979. And before I was a minister here, I would come to the Thanksgiving service like I'm gonna be here this Thursday and, and while it's my job, I'm gonna be here Thursday at 10 o'clock and celebrating Thanksgiving with my colleagues and with you all and with the music and with the children who get up and share what they're grateful for and the adults who get up and share what they're grateful for and step into the that Thanksgiving holiday with great love because I know that that life lights me up. That gives me a sense of connection and the grace of gratitude. And then even before I was a minister, I, I would come to most of the candlelight services. For years I would come to the candlelight services. And then I got myself into the choir and I had to come to the candlelight services. Oh gosh darn, too bad, so sad for me, right? And I loved it. It became an integral part of what I know causes me to light up and whether any of that is the truth for you or not what can happen is that we get into this conversation about our time and our energy and so we have to be in integrity for ourselves for ourselves what is ours what serves us And sometimes that can be challenging because we will have to let one thing go to go towards another. We will have to let one thing not happen so that we can have what serves us unfold. And so integrity, standing true to ourselves, powerful log that the more we do it, the more we shine, the more we stand tall, the more we walk through whatever it is that we're walking through in love and light. The next one is spiritual practice. I am a huge fan of spiritual practice. Meditation, prayer, quietude, spiritual reading, spiritual practice, feeds me and nurtures my soul and I think it does for most people. If you were to do an internet search about meditation and spiritual practice you would find countless link after link after link of not only woo-woo accounts of the power of meditation like me but spiritual or excuse me scientific accounts of the value on our nervous system of spiritual practice. And so the, the evidence is absolutely overwhelming that all of us benefit from that kind of spiritual practice from stillness and quietude because it allows our entire nervous system to just calm down. And I think it also allows for spiritual deepening. It allows us to sense that light that is at the core of us and to own it and to claim it. And I have this image. My my wonderful husband, Ken, he builds great fires uh, in our fireplace during the winter times at home. And he builds these wonderful, warming, big, beautiful fires. And sometimes as the log is is beginning to look as though it's not going to burn anymore. And I'll think, okay, the fire's about to go out. He'll go over to the fireplace and he'll lean in and he'll just go... And he'll blow on that fire and all of a sudden it will ignite and it'll start up again. And I'll think, oh my gosh, just a bit of oxygen just caused it to go again. And I think that's what spiritual practice is for the fire within us. It's like from an inner place, us going, and it can seem so subtle. And I know for some of us, we think it takes up time and our monkey mind gets in the way and and we can't sit still and it's hard and I'm not sure I see the benefit. And yet, it's one of the greatest benefits to discover the truth of who we really are. The story of Buddha under the Bodhi tree says that he was there for many, many, many days meditating, searching for enlightenment. And many accounts indicate that when Buddha came out of that uh, meditation, that he laughed with the recognition that that which he was searching for was within him all the while and i think that's what we find when we enter into spiritual practice this is a time of year where more spiritual practice is better more is better taking time out and the last one is a bit related to the first one and that is the the log of self care of self love of self respect of honoring ourselves and finding deep love I know that part of the woundedness that happens and part of why it can be uncomfortable to spend time with families or people we feel obliged to spend time with is that it pushes that button that most humans I know have that either translates as I'm unworthy or I'm unlovable. And those people tend to be the ones that we have felt that wound for many years for lots of reasons and we've got all our stories about why it's true and so part of the discomfort of being in some of these environments whether it's your mother or your father or your Aunt Matilda or whomever is gosh when I go home I just I don't feel that these people see the truth of me or that they always lift me up. Some of us have great experiences in our families, so it's not true of everyone. But what I do know is that all of us appear to to sometimes fall into this this dark hole of I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. And I get it. And yet, as a human being, I want to say that all of us are completely responsible, no matter who has said that to us or caused us to feel that, we're responsible for fanning that flame of that deeper truth that we are lovable, That we are worthy of all that the universe has to offer. And only we can give that love to ourselves. Only we can stand in that truth. And as we choose to do that, as we choose to do that with our thoughts and our actions and even to take that into our spiritual practice and even reach out and invite people to pray for us, whether it's our prayer ministry here, our practitioners, or anywhere that we seek prayer to say, I pray for a deeper sense of self-love and self-worthiness. What I know is that what that benefits us is that we become magnets for greater and greater good, whether it's Hanukkah or Christmas Day or next year on June 5th. It doesn't matter because there's something within us that begins to emerge and become a match for greater good. You and I, do not have the luxury of continuing to foster that story of being unlovable and unworthy and then expect people to come into our lives and opportunities to come into our life that will somehow transcend that belief we have about ourselves. It just doesn't work that way. It's, I call that spiritual bad breath. <laughs> It's this—it's this energy, like Pig Pen from Charlie Brown, where we're walking around with this atmosphere of "I hate myself, I don't like myself, I'm unworthy, I'm unlovable." Will you love me, please? And people go, "Uh "Uh-uh, I'm out." No, uh "Uh-uh," and they run the other way because you kind of stank. Your consciousness kind of stanks. It's the—it's the truth. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, hi guys! (laughs) I didn't know they were there they're everywhere. <laughs> and so we have to own that and claim that and begin to foster it and choose it. And I do think these other things, integrity, spiritual practice, getting a deeper sense of that light begins to birth within us. This great sense of who we are and being in places where people support us in that, allowing ourselves to shine no matter what. I have in my life... Uh, found there were times in my ministry, in my personal life, where I haven't felt loved or seen uh, being public, a public person. Sometimes people are critical, or they complain, or something isn't going right, or something somebody hasn't liked something I've said or I've done. It's, it can be a constant barrage if one isn't careful of just leaning into that energy, And over the last few years, I've found this inner voice when I take that to prayer, saying, shine no matter what. When I look at the world and I think about what's going on and I I start to feel concerned about things happening in the world, that inner voice says, shine no matter what. And when I think about a world where every one of us stood in our integrity and every one of us was devoted to our own spiritual practice, whatever that looks like, that inner connectedness. And when I think about a world where we acted and lived from self-love on behalf of ourselves, I believe We could heal our planet. We could heal the world, right? We could be. We could be luminous. We could be the luminous truth of who we are. I saw a meme recently by a group called Wild Woman. And it's how I feel about coming here to this place. And it says, if you hang out with me for too long, I'll brainwash you into believing in yourself and knowing you can achieve anything. (laughs) Yes, right? That's us. That's our teaching. That's what's here. That's how we can stand for each other. And when we choose to shine, uh, give ourselves permission to shine, that's the message we give to everyone in our lives. Our children, our, our, our parents, our families, our families of origin, our families of choice. We choose to be a place where that light just shines. It matters. It makes a difference that we nurture our own luminosity. And I'd like to close with a quote from a a being who lived a long time ago, Utpaladeva, who said, being self-luminous, you cause everything to shine. Delighting in your form, you fill the universe with delight. Rocking with your own bliss, you make the world dance with joy. Let us be luminous and shine. Happy Thanksgiving, my beloveds. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And I am so grateful for each one of you. If I don't get a chance to see you Thursday, I just want you to know that you're in my heart. I see your light. We can shine together. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, text 720 or visit us at milehighchurch.org. Peace out, friends.